Hello and welcome to the FPS podcast series. I'm extremely excited because this is podcast number 50. We're going to be talking subcontract price analysis with Jeffrey White of J.A. White & Associates. He also has a new product called CPSR Products, which he's going to talk about at the end. But first, my name is Todd Hatherley, and I'm the Director of Programming for Federal Publication Seminars, and we're a leader in federal government contract training and professional development for the past 60 years. And every year, we train thousands of businesses, federal agencies, and individuals on legal, regulatory, compliance, and accounting nuances found in the federal regulations through our nationwide classrooms, online, and in-house programs. It's just a small sampling of important content you as a contracting professional can expect from attending an FPS program. Whether it's in person or online, live or on demand, you cannot find another source with source with the breadth and depth of experience, knowledge, and content anywhere. So please visit us at fedpubseminars.com for more information. As mentioned, Jeff White of J.E. White & Associates is joining me today. It's actually pre-recorded bound March 31st at our Orlando Week Conference, where we had hundreds of contracting professionals, both from the government and industry, getting together and discussing current topics in federal contracting. So we hope you uh, enjoy this program. Uh, I will now introduce Jeffrey White. Welcome, everybody. We're back with uh, Jeff White. We're going to talk about price analysis today, especially subcontract price analysis. So, Jeff, give us kind of a uh, synopsis of what you're talking about here. So, so Todd, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Hope everybody's doing well today. Um, today, I want to talk a little bit about you know price analysis as it relates to that 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 tool, that process that you have to use before you engage your subcontractor in a transaction. Um, it's 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 I want to have a conversation around why we do it, how important is it in this process, and what are some of the things that, that we run into in terms of the challenge of, of conducting them? That's sort of where I want to go today. Okay. Well, let's get started then. Let's uh, uh, kind of go to run a land. What's, what's the challenges that we have in price analysis between prime and sub? Well, you know, it's interesting, right? When it comes to the whole price analysis thing, first of all, um, you know, as a prime contractor, you don't have a choice. You have to, when you make an award, you have to, de- to determine that the price is fair and reasonable or not fair and reasonable. This is FAR, FAR Part 15-4 tells you you have to do that. So the challenge is, um, you know, FAR is written from the government's perspective. Always yes. has been. It's for the contractor's guidebook. Exactly. So or when contracting officer's guidebook. It's the contracting officer's guidebook. So when when a contractor looks at that and a contractor says, look, well, I have to sort of do this, but I'm not the contracting officer. So how do I perform a price analysis? I need information from the subcontractor in order to conduct that analysis. Mm-hmm. If I was the government, it'd be easy because I'm sovereign. So I can force the requirements down and have the contractor provide me this information. It's in the regs. It's in the regs. As a contractor, I'm effectively doing a commercial deal with my subcontractor. Mm-hmm. And then, again, let me give you an analogy. Walk into Walmart, pull up a product from a shelf, go to the cashier and say, hey, t- 
Tell me why this price is fair and reasonable. Tell me the cost elements associated with the bar of soap. Right. Right? Ridiculous, right? Yeah. Because this is, this is effectively what we're required to do as a contractor when we're issuing subcontracts. So the bigger challenge, getting people to understand as a subcontractor that this data I need in order for me to do my job. Second of all, being able to have the tools available so that now, yeah, I always say, Todd, be careful what you ask for because you might get it. So now I'm asking for information about how you put your prices together and you give me that information. Well, I have to analyze that information, which means I need to know how to do it. I need to have the right tools to be able to do it. And I need the right time, the amount of time to be able to do it. So I'm a product provider to the federal government and I'm looking for a cog and I have to go out and find that cog. I have to go to my sub and say, provide me a price analysis on the cog that you provide me within the contract that I need to send to the government. Actually not. You're going to ask them to provide you a price and then they're, and then they're going to give you that price and then you have to perform that price analysis. So the prime has to do the price analysis. Oh, yeah. Prime is going to have to do the price analysis. Prime is going to have to say, Hey, I got that. You know, you gave me that car. You, you gave me the price to go with it. How do I know it's fair? Now I, as the prime contractor, have to go through my magical wallet of stuff and I have to pull out a tool and there's seven now. FAR helps us. FAR provides seven different price analysis techniques. So we need to use one of those techniques to compare against that price that you gave us to determine if that price is indeed fair and reasonable. That's my challenge. Now, while that's happening, Todd, <laughs> so, so I was a buyer, I was a subcontract administrator, I was a contracting officer on the government side. So while that's happening, I have to still do my world. Mm-hmm. I have the I have to work at the speed of the requirement of my customer. Right. And I usually didn't plan to perform this price analysis, or if I did, I only planned a short period of time to do it. You know, an hour, maybe two hours to perform the analysis. In essence, though, it typically takes much longer than that. It could take days for me to do the research so that I understand that the way you price that cog is in line with other similar cogs that are out there in the world of cogs. Right. So fair and reasonable is a is one of those terms that's very debatable. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it just gave me a migraine. So I did I did a conference recently uh, up in D.C. and uh, it was on price analysis. And I put the slide up because I have the slide that talks about the compare a comparative contrast between a contractor's perspective of what's fair and reasonable and a seller's perspective of what's fair and reasonable because they have oh, different perspectives. Absolutely. FAR does not define fair. Right. That, they talk about the they talk about that concept over and over and over again. Fair and reasonable. Fair and reasonable. They do. But they never say what fair is. Now they do give you a definition of reasonableness, but that's only as it relates to cost. And that's related to the cost principles. Mm-hmm. But they don't tell you what fair or fair and reasonable together is. So I use um, the Institute for Supply Management. They have a definition for the term fair, right? They, they have defined it. And what they say is fair is a perspective, depending upon how you're looking at it. 
If you're a buyer, there's certain things that you want. You want market value. You want to, you don't want to pay any more than anybody else. You want to make sure that you're being treated in a way that's in line with the industry. If you're a seller, you want return on investment. Mm -hmm. You want a reasonable profit. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to provide a price that will allow you to establish an ongoing relationship with that potential um, buyer. So they set up, but their definition also talks about fair as a two-way street. Right. Fair to both parties. In this conference, I made a statement. I said, FAR doesn't define fair. The same way FAR doesn't define the word competition. I said, I wish they could define both. They right. should define fair. They should define fair and reasonable. And I had someone raise their hand and they said, I don't agree. I do not agree. <laughs> and I said, why don't you agree? And she was clearly um, from the government side. She was a contracting officer. I could tell by her answer. But effectively, what she said is contracting officers are business people. FAR allows us to make business decisions within certain parameters. So if so, On behalf of the federal government. Exactly. On behalf of the federal government. And so since I don't have a definition for it, I can put my perspective on what I think is fair or not. I said I can see your perspective on that. I used to be a contracting officer as well, but it would be interesting to at least have them create an environment under which we can make our business judgment so that we can say, yeah, this is fairness within the context of whatever that is in terms of the definition. Right now, in, in, in industry, we don't have any measure. So in essence, Anytime I perform a price analysis, I could look at a cup of water <laughs> right? and someone can charge me whatever they want to charge me for that cup of water. I can analyze it and say it's fair or it's not fair. It's a matter of perspective. It is. So now I have an auditor that comes to it. Here's the thing. I have an auditor. So I do. I perform this price analysis on this cup of water. Today, that analysis tells me that it's fair and reasonable because... I mean, it's still in the midst of pandemic. Mm. And so because of that, I'm paying more for water than I should be otherwise paying for water. Auditor comes 12 months from now, paying what? I don't even remember a pandemic because now I'm dealing with a war in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So now I'm concerned about auto parts and toilet tissue not being delivered on time. So they lose perspective. And now they're saying, hey, that cup of water was absolutely out of control price wise. Well, of course, now it is. Back then, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of perspective. Right now, how do we how do we deal with that? Because this is always going to be a thing. It always has been for the almost forty years I've been doing this. It's not going to change. So the true question is, how do we how do we protect ourselves from the fact that ultimately somebody we have to do this price analysis. We can't award something to a sub without saying that it's fair and reasonable and proving that's fair and reasonable. So how do we protect ourselves in the future for someone from someone coming and saying we made a bad choice? Documentation. <laughs> Documentation. So the price analysis is a process. Right. You start by getting that quote and trying to understand what that quote means. Most of us. So time is a factor in this. Absolutely. Time, time should be the very first thing that we think about. As a matter of fact, there was a recent change in, in DFARS in regards to conducting a price analysis and looking at time and history 
as it relates to price analysis. Because even the default, the DOD has figured it out that time is relative. And that comparative analysis is relative to the point where the DFARS now says, if you're going to perform a price analysis and you're going to look at time as a factor that impact your comparability, you need to perform two different analysis. You can use time, but you might want to also look at market conditions. You can use time, but you might want to also look at an independent estimate that's done by someone who isn't a part of that transaction, who can say, this should cost this much. Or you can look at previous competition for this thing, whatever it is. So time is the number one factor, if you will, other than competition. Isn't, isn't the responsibility of market research on the government side? <laughs> yeah, so it's on the government side, but it's also on the contractor side. Um, the advantage or disadvantage that we have as contractors is that in essence, we sit in the seat of the government. When we're issuing these transactions to our subcontractors, although the, the FAR was written for the government, the FAR re requires us as contractors to perform the requirements associated with conducting a fair reasonableness analysis. And in FAR Part 10, the only clause, the only clause, 52.210-1, is a clause called market, market research. And mm -hmm. in that clause, it says, contractors, you need to perform market research. So they've empowered us by contract requirement to conduct market research. Interesting. So you have this product called CPS or Products. Yes. How is this going to help? Yeah. Simple enough. So what we've done is we've created um, templates, models, samples, examples, and a pricing mod a model model <laughs> that goes into CPSR products itself. Mm -hmm. and what products does is it takes that data that you would normally get from your requisitioning community as well as the information from your suppliers, the quoting information, right. and it 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 tries to predict one, the type of analysis that you should be doing. Two, it helps you um, set that analysis in place by pulling the right template, pre-populating that template with core information that it already knows and tries to predict what you should be saying. When you, um, when you have competition, for example, and let's say that you might want to award to someone who's not the lowest, even though it's competitive, you're going to go with the best value um, type award, which you can. Products looks at the bid perspective and it says, Okay, if you're going to go with vendor three, which is the highest, highest one of everybody else, then here are the things that you should consider before you say vendor three is the best one. Mm -hmm. So it takes you through an algorithm, takes you through a process by which you document your decision in your price analysis and memorializes it in a price analysis so that you have a document that shows that you've done a fair reasonableness analysis. So five years from now, you're still using that vendor. Price is the same, that you're still going back and billing the government. You can go back and still go back and say, this is why I chose and at this point in time and that it'll work. Absolutely. And it helps you through that market research scenario as well. So it steps you through the market research that you should be documenting. Mm -hmm. And everything's going to be memorialized and put away in a nice tiny a tidy file for you to retrieve five years from there. Really kind of takes, like you mentioned, cup of water. So if the price of a cup of water is going up and down every day or, you know, it's going, it's, you know, goes up 
ebbs and flows over a period of time, it kind of helps you determine, okay, I bought at this level and it's documented and this is what we're sticking with. Absolutely. So absolutely creates that audit trail for you. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Jeff. If somebody wants to hear a demo of this product, how would they go about and do so? Easy enough. They can go to www.jawhite.com. And on the top of our menu, you'll see CPSR products. Click on that. And you can register and set up yourself for a demo through the through our website. You can also contact me directly at jawhite at jawhite.com. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. And we are looking forward to our next podcast with you because this has been fascinating. I've learned a lot. So uh, with that, if you have ideas for a podcast, please reach out to me at Todd at FedPubSeminars.com. And until next time, stay safe, keep your distance, and read the FAR.